PI Perspectives. Today, I want to talk to you about the Investigator's Toolbox. Many of the folks who listen to this program actually have already signed up and have joined this online community for investigators and the investigative community. It's a place to go for networking. It's a place to go for continuing education, uh, watching webinars, doing your continuing education credit. It's a place also to read up on uh, the latest trends in the industry, stay on top of all the news articles. It's actually supported by some really, really great businesses that support our industry. They're offering discounts and benefits actually for your membership. And then the the OSINT catalog, we've got a huge OSINT catalog that you can make your own private library. You essentially pick and choose what you want to be in your library, um, however you do your research. Check it out today. It's uh, www.investigators-toolbox.com. Listeners of the show, if you use the code PIP, 201836, you'll save an extra 20%. Investigators-toolbox.com. Go check it out today. PI Perspectives. Are you using a case management system? The answer is no. You should really rethink that process. All right. So as you guys know, Crosstracks has been an amazing sponsor of the show. They've just been uh, really supportive. As you guys also know, I didn't used to have a case management system. I was the, the investigator that was fighting them tooth and nail. I finally decided to give it a whirl. What a great decision, right? During the COVID shutdown, I was able to actually roll my whole business into it and get completely up and running. And um, my clients love it. I mean, just today, I got a, a phone call from a client of mine who just couldn't believe how easy it was to access everything and uh, how invoices were there. He actually asked me to go back and upload all my prior cases and put it into Crosstracks. I've been doing business with that firm for, I don't know, about eight years, so uh, it's a lot of cases. Yeah, if you don't use a case management system, you should, right? You should check it out. Give Crosstracks a shot. Contact Brad or one of the teammates over there, and uh, they'll get you up and running with a trial and see if it's for you. If you have used Crosstracks and it's been a while and uh, you're not happy with the system that you're in, go check them out. They're doing a lot of really cool new things and uh, see if it's right for you. If you're unhappy with the system that you're in right now, contact them. You know, the ability for them to roll your system into their system is very easy. Again, you guys know they've been sponsoring this program and I can't say uh, enough good things about them, but uh, make your own decision, right? Give it a shot on your own and see if it's right for you. Welcome to PI Perspectives. Today's guest is Matthew Seifer of Radius Investigations and Guardian Security Training School. Matt and Matt are two New York PIs and today they're talking about security schools and the future of guard industry in New York. Both Matts are serving on the Aldenese board in New York. Security Matt also has a great new initiative he'll talk about for neutralizing threats without using deadly force. Now, please welcome Matt Seifer and your host, private investigator, Matt Spare. And welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. Well, we, we got some doubles here today. You got double Matts and you got double New Yorkers. So uh, I got Matt Seifer, uh, who's joining us today. He's an awesome investigator from Long Island. He does security guard training as well. He does a little bit of everything. God, we just spent about 20 minutes talking about all the things uh, that uh, that we do. And then I decided to turn the cameras on. So <laughs> I'm going to welcome Matt to the program. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate being yeah. here. Yeah. How you doing, man? Thanks for joining us. Good. How about you guys? Good. Happy New Year to you. And, and happy uh, and safe New Year to you and all our fellow investigators that are listening to us. Right, right. So we're going to jump right in with um, uh, security. And first of all, thank you for serving our country, Army guy. Um, and I always want to acknowledge that. Um, and uh, you, you got back 
from serving and took a kind of a side route to get into this business. Uh, but you're here and you're doing it and you, you have a security uh, school uh, that I wanted to talk about, the Guardian uh, Security Training uh, Inc., right? So tell me a little bit about that. In response to Sandy Hook back in 2012, when my wife was pregnant, six months to the day that Sandy Hook happened, I'm watching these horrific images come up across the screen and I'm looking at my wife and I got a child coming into this world. And uh, Matt, I can tell you, I was never so fearful in my entire life for uh, anything other than a newborn child coming into this world and my desire to protect and to provide a safe home and an environment for my child because yeah. I didn't want to be one of those parents that come home and not see their children in their room. Dude, I live 20 so, minutes away from, from Sandy Hook and that it really affected around. I mean, I'm in New York, I'm not in Connecticut, but I know people that were involved with all that. And, that and, and I've, I, I've been to the corner because you, you still can't go up to the school. They're still yeah. blocked off. You can yeah. go to the firehouse, but you can't go to the school. So in response to Sandy Hook, you know, I've had some specific specialized training in response to active shooter with some of the professionals that I've worked with over the years, understanding situational awareness. I made it a mission to uh, start promoting response to active shooter. Right. So understanding at the dynamics of the physiological effects that you're going to feel when your mind and body in, in, are experiencing that fight or flight condition that we're that that we would go through whenever we experience any type of an emergency situation. Sure. So I again made it a mission to learn everything I possibly could about the individual Adam Lanza, what his mindset was at the time, and then organically we started holding seminars with regards to responding to active shooter. And we did them free of charge. We held these, I put these seminars on for the public. Then we started getting some notoriety from local police departments. Suffolk County Police Department came in. Right. They watched me do an active shooter drill at a local library. And then along the way, I became a state certified qualified instructor and I opened up Guardian Security Training. Right. So Guardian Security Training, uh, being the fact that we train guards, new guards, annual guards, and firearms, uh, the response of uh, understanding customer service, de-escalation tactics, using verbal judo, sure. understanding that distance between you and someone that you're speaking with is extremely important for your survival, because uh, you and I both know uh, that an emergency situation can happen at any any given time. Sure. Uh, you know, just just by you and I talking before, you know, the the uh, political affiliation, especially with what's going on today yep. in the environment between tr uh, Biden and Trump, you could look at somebody the wrong way and say you're a Biden supporter, you're a Trump supporter, and that's going to uh, make a, a, a an incident arise out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, listen, so, it happened in, in Colorado, right? Yeah, out of nowhere. Look at look, look, <laughs> yeah. look exactly what happened in Colorado. Yeah. It blows my mind, honestly, that. Issues like that are happening amongst us as far as American citizens are concerned. Yeah, scary. And it's frightening. Yeah. So, again, getting back to why I became an instructor, I wanted to make sure that, that the general public at large, that whoever took training took good quality training from somebody who's worked in the industry from the ground up boots on the ground sure. and I'm not a retired cop and I'm, I'm, I teach from my professional and personal experience in the industry. I sat in the seats just like they did, just like they're doing now, uh, taking the pre-assignment class, taking the 16 hour, then going on the firearms range, training with my handgun, annual training. So look, 
understanding that, and we'll get into the burner product that we carry as well, understanding that, you know, you have other options to respond and how you're going to respond, teaching civilians on how to respond and how to keep themselves safe. But more importantly, if they're safe, how they can lead others to safety. Sure. Like, God forbid, something happens in my daughter's school. I want my daughter to come home and I want to make sure that the security personnel and faculty and staff at the school are fully versed in how to understand and how to survive an emergency situation like an active shooter or somebody walking with a bat, somebody walking in with a knife. Yeah. So if you can tell by the veracity and the tone in my voice that I take it extremely seriously, yeah, uh, it gives me goosebumps every time I bring it up. Yeah, no, and listen. I'm a parent of four, so I'm right there with you, man. So are they girls? Uh, no, uh, two and two. Yeah. So uh, God bless you. Right. <laughs> I, only, I only got to lose my mind for two of them. <laughs> the other two, I just lose my patience. <laughs> so. You know, and I'm, I'm very rarely, I mean, I've been on camera before and, uh, you know, we've done some active shooter uh, drills on inside uh, TV or inside edition rather. And sure. we've had a couple of newscasts, uh, news broadcasting companies come and interview us. Well, that's all fine and good. I'm really not one for being on, on camera at all. Right. But when it comes to this issue, when it comes to training and it comes to a matter of survival, and again, I take it as seriously as yep. uh, it needs to be taken. Yep. There are other options out there where not necessarily a handgun is an option or, you know, utilizing some, let's say, self-defense techniques where you're using your hands sure. or your arms or what have you. Yeah. So, you know. If we could, can we get into the, the the product that we carry? Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get into that after the break. Um, All right, good. Before we, I mean, we're not going to take a break yet, but you know, as we get into uh, that stuff, we'll we'll definitely cover all. Good, good, good. Go ahead. Uh, you know, for me, you know, I I wanted to um I wanted to cover a little bit of your background, and you, I love your passion. You know, you and I met through um, Al Denise, the Associated mm -hmm. Licensed Detective in New York State, and NCISS. Also, you're you're a member of both. You and I happen to have a phone conversation and I was like, wow, the passion of this guy, like I got to have him on the show. Like we really need to, to talk about this stuff because it's, it's cool. You really do have that education passion. You really do have that, um, security, uh, you know, training passion. And, you know, let's face it, the security guard industry has changed immensely in the last five years or so, you know, just to see all these companies essentially just disappearing and um you know uh seeing what's still out there um i gotta give it to you man for for hanging out there and making sure the training is, is being done the way it, it, it should be done and uh it's interesting because you know you're a pi also so you have that perspective mm -hmm. of uh, not only doing security but also doing the investigative stuff which we're going to talk about that also um and, and and get into it it's uh it's really cool but before you did that you you had a completely different job right you were telling yeah, me you were doing yeah. uh and on in the auto uh industry tell me a little bit about that stuff so many 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 years ago different lifetime ago uh when i first came home from the united states army while i was uh rocking and rolling with uh some retired court officers uh off-duty court officers off-duty corrections officers retired corrections officers uh, I had opened up a brick and mortar store. It was a very, very small store, it was maybe 800 feet with a, a garage on it that was made out of wood. Right. Uh, and I was installing car audio. And along the way, uh, GPS tracking devices uh, started uh, hitting the market. And, you know, I saw a niche where uh, we could make recurring revenue by installing GPS tracking devices like you had talked about, like Lojack. Right. Um, you know, and there were other companies that were out there that were just starting to hit the market. And there sure. were companies like Director Electronics, the makers of Viper and Python. Uh, 
that were getting into the GPS tracking world. And, you know, along the way, learning the, uh, the, the dynamics of the wiring of a vehicle was extremely integral in uh, my career because uh, as I was getting out of car audio, as the industry was changing or evolving and I needed to adapt, I needed to pivot, I held on to the GPS acumen uh, reason being because, you know, in, in wanting to be a PI, getting into the security industry, I saw the niche where, you know, by providing information like that at that level, that it was marketable. Right. And uh, by being marketable, I could make money from it. So and then as you and I were discussing before, understanding the business law with regards to our business, our industry is being a private. Let's investigator. talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit, because I thought that was really interesting when we were chatting about it. Um, yeah. And just your passion of understanding it's general business law seven, I think is seven, it, seven, eight, as yep. it applies yep. to security guards and registration and education. Right. And, and this is New York, by the way. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. So you know, everything about Article 77A is about, um, you know, running the business of a private investigations company, right? Um, very little practical end of it as far as being an investigator, very little uh, practicality from a retiring law enforcement officer who worked as a detective. Uh, you know, there's some now in some of the testing that I'm hearing because we do a lot of PI prep tests right. uh, for retired law enforcement or people like myself that have bootstrapped their way up working for other private investigation companies, you really truly need to know the, the, the law itself, the general business law, because if you don't, you're putting your, your, the public at risk. And we both know that the Department of State, Secretary of State, Division of Licensing Services, if you do anything wrong, they're going to jam you up. Oh, misdemeanors. You know, if you're, if you're uh, operating without a, a PI license, you can, you, know, or you can do you, jail time. You, yeah. you hold yourself out or someone perceives you to be a police officer yeah. for that no, matter. No badges. <laughs> <laughs> we got no stinking badges. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because there are a lot of, uh, you know, fake private investigators that hold themselves out yeah. as licensed and yet they're taking money from consumers and they're not producing anything. And that's, sure. that, that, that's, it not only is it morally wrong, but it's, it's dangerous to our industry. And, yeah. uh, you know, the mere fact that Aldenese is as strong as it is, yeah. is part and parcel why I became a part of Aldenese through, you know, uh, and thank you. I cannot, let me, let me sidetrack this. Yeah. The phone call that you gave me last month was an eye opener. Sure. And because while I had thought about, and I contemplated about walking away from Albanese, um, after you and I got off the phone, I was very, very, very happy with the direction that you and the new incoming president uh, are looking to take Albanese. Yeah. Well, it's not just me. It's a group effort. You know, the board is a very strong board uh, and they're good people that really, really love this industry. And, uh, you know, let's, let's tie it in with last year and, and the general business law. I think it's mm -hmm. a good way we can tie it in before we take the break. Uh, so there was this, you know, COVID shutdown and it was a question of whether or not, you know, we could operate as, you know, private investigators and even security. I mean, security was, was pretty much, okay, essential services that, that makes sense, but we need to get an official ruling on this, right? So I was part and parcel to several phone calls and conversations with uh, Fred Altman, who is our our lobbyist, our um, our guy up in Albany, um, who, who's an attorney. Um, boots on the ground guy. Our boots on the, on the ground guy, exactly, right? So, um, you know, just having those conversations of, okay, are we essential or not essential? We need to get the word out on this. And Fred was great. He really made some phone calls and did the things that we needed to do. And we got clarification. Um, then our president, Tom Ruskin, was able to put out a statement to everybody saying, hey, 
work with confidence. You don't have to worry about this. Uh, you know, we're covered under essential services. Um, so you know, that, that was so a good thing. That being the case, one of the things that you know, I I wound up uh, focusing in on not only was GPS tracking devices, but also listening and recording devices as well. So that part of my business, as far as bug sweeps are concerned. I took a personal backseat to it because I really didn't want to be in anyone's house any longer uh, <laughs> due to the COVID pandemic. So uh, pivoting again, yeah. uh, it was great to see that uh, with your hard work and the rest of the group from Al Denise's hard work and the attorney's hard work, it was great to see Tom's email that we were deemed essential. Yeah. yeah no, However, good. while we did take, I would say in the totality of the, the, the very beginning towards the mid of COVID influx, uh, we only suffered a 10 day loss of closing down the business. Right. Um, while it was good to take a break, uh, I couldn't wait to get back out on the streets. Yeah. We were never closed in my business. Yeah. yeah we, we, we never were. I mean, did we slow down? Yes. Were we officially closed? No. Yeah. No, see, we didn't officially close. We just closed the doors. A, uh, cause we had, we had no direction. Nobody was telling us a DCGS yeah. or department of state wasn't telling us exactly yeah. what we needed to know. And we didn't want to put the public in danger whatsoever. Yeah. So, as a responsible business owner until we heard from uh, Department of State or the DCJS or even the, the uh, or Tom Ruskin and from you guys from Al Denise that we were considered essential. Right. That's when I, I felt more comfortable getting back out into the field. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was very interesting because it was the general business law that what saved us, right? The, de mm -hmm. the definition in the general business law was how we were able to make that argument and, and win that argument like, hey, we're essential, we need to be, there and you know listen we had backing also from NCISS the National Council of Investigative Security Services same thing right it was all everything was coming out nationally with regards to investigations of how there was a need for it and you know especially with security boots on the ground you're gonna you're gonna have to pivot your people um, I, I know tons of guys that are in the security industry that it was the busiest time for them because yeah. they were turning work away because they couldn't cover, you know, I have somebody getting so many phone calls to having that physical security presence at locations. It was crazy between the rioting and the, and the, the COVID nightlife, stuff, the know? nightlife industry took a major, major hit. Right. And uh, all the, the security guard companies that are out there, the proprietary, I'm sorry, the contractual security guard companies that are out there uh, with personnel, you know, I was talking and we train uh, I would say probably a good solid dozen different company personnel from different companies throughout Long Island. They, they send us their personnel for annual training. Uh, they also send them us, send us our, our, or their students that, or students that want to become security guards, right. you know, and in talking to the owners, they had to pivot into figuring out creative ways to a keep their doors open, especially if they were focusing in on the nightlife or restaurant type yeah. uh, security. Um, you know, you got to figure that industry alone really took a nosedive. Oh, it's still, and it's still, yeah, it's terrible. You know, it's but in the, in the same respect, we found like, you know, there's one company and I know, you know, Mario Doyle, Yeah, sure. um, you know, he's a great guy. He sends me, uh, all his students, uh, that come to me for all my students that come from Doyle security services are great personnel. Sure. Um, you know, Mario, uh, is probably one of the better and more premier security guard companies Fantastic. not to pitch him, yeah. but he very, he does care about his, his, his guards oh, we'll pitch as him. if, as we'll if they were family. Him. Shout out to Mario. We'll pitch him. He's yeah. A, shout out to good, Mario. You know, he's a good guy. Um, you know, him and I see things quite alike. Uh, he understands that my passion, just like you do for giving the right type of instruction, 
the way it's supposed to get done. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's just paramount in his mind. Because sure. not only is it it's customer service, but it's about keeping his guards safe. Sure. You know, he had to pivot. And in doing so, he noticed a, a, a bigger influx in retention of security guards that were looking to jump ship because they felt that, you know, due to COVID, that they weren't going to be employable. Yeah. Well, that's not that's not necessarily the case. Mario is constantly expanding. And I'm seeing not only his company, but other companies that we work with, that we train their their guards, they're expanding, especially with making sure that people are in compliance. In fact, I was teaching a class last night and it came up that what happens if somebody walks into the establishment and they refuse to wear a mask? You know, what do I do? Yeah. And, you know, that opens up a whole different line of conversation of something that I, I never even thought I would ever even talk about in class. It's crazy, right? But this it's, is the world we live in. <laughs> yeah, the world we're living in. And, yeah. and I think with regards to our general business law and regarding security guard training, you know, look, it's written in stone, but yet we also have to be flexible in understanding that while the laws that are set in stone for us, when you're dealing with human nature, when you're dealing with the general public, you have to be a little flexible in, in our industry. Sure. And one of the things that you and I agree on is that trust factor. Sure. If you can't, if, if, if someone can't trust you and it goes right back to anything, yeah. If you don't, if you don't build that rapport of trust, I mean, instantaneously, yep. you're never going to get it ever. Yeah. So we're going to jump out real quick. And when we come back, I want to get back into the school. I want to talk about the products and the stuff that you, that sure. uh, you have available. Uh, I think it's, it's awesome uh, that you're doing all this stuff. So every, very much. everybody sit tight. We're going to jump out real quick, uh, hear from our sponsors and then we're right back. Want full data access without a site inspection? IRB Search gives you full social security numbers, dates of birth, up-to-date contact info, and so much more without the inconvenience or cost of an inspection. As an added bonus, you can access IRB data on any device in any location. You'll always have the best data anytime, anywhere. Visit IRBSearch.com and use exclusive promo code PIPOD2021 for a free trial and 100 credits. Offer available for new and returning customers. Are you overwhelmed with your current case log? Could you use some help with your skip trace assignments? With Merlin Locate Services, rather than adding staff, you can add an entire skip trace department of licensed private investigators who specialize in skip tracing. Check out MerlinLocate.com today. When you work with Merlin Locate Services, you bring on a valuable experience and trusted extension to your team. What do you do when you get calls for bug sweeps? Did you know USABugsweeps.com, the number one TSCM provider in the country, pays you a 20% commission for converted sales leads? Stop turning money away. USABugsweeps.com uses top-rated technology and they cover all of the United States. So save time and make money today. Contact usabugsweeps.com and mention PIP20. Check out the PI Institute of Education at piinstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the investigatorstoolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. 
Did you hear about the latest issue of PI Magazine? Friend of the show, Andrea Roscoe, has been named PI Magazine's Investigator of the Year. Congrats, Andrea. It's well-deserved indeed. This issue is available today. And welcome back, everybody, to PI Perspectives. Uh, we're here today with Matt Seifer, a couple of Matts just uh, talking about security, talking about investigations. And uh, we're going to talk about the Guardian Security Training, Inc., which is uh, Matt's uh, security business and training school. So, Matt, welcome back to the program. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Good, 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 good. So before we uh, jumped out uh, earlier, we had uh, talked about the school and some of the initiatives that the school takes and the training and, and your passion behind it. And you started talking about a particular product, something you have available. So why don't you tell me a little bit about that? This here is a less lethal option for civilians to use that we're also looking to get into security guards hands as well. So albeit, look, at the end of the day, your best tool when you're a security guard is your mouth and your mind, not your hand. Sure. And I always teach, keep your hands to yourself. Don't escalate the situation, try and de-escalate the situation. So in response to that, when this product was introduced to me here in the New York region, I saw this as a, a powerful option for a way to defend themselves if they have no other option. If, if the guard has done everything they possibly could to retreat, they have no other option. This here also puts distance between themselves, the, the guard and the, the, the attacker, where it allows de-escalation and time and distance for all parties concerned, including the attacker, to go home alive. Sure. What exactly does it do? Good question. It's a CO2-based propellant launcher. And what happens is the propellant comes out of the launcher. It's a, a 68 caliber round uh, filled with uh, pepper spray or pepper powder spray in a, pe- in a powder form that it's the, uh, it's a burning irritant. It will burn the eyes, irritate the eyes, irritate the skin. Uh, someone breathes it in. It makes it very difficult for them to breathe and it only incapacitates. It doesn't, uh, harm them in a way that, uh, you know, they can't recover from it. It incapacitates them for relatively a short period of time, but allows the, uh, the, the person that's being attacked to defend themselves. Now, Unfortunately, it's not legal to carry in New York City, but all over New York State, uh, you can carry it outside of New York City in the five boroughs. So again, one of the reasons why we're introducing this now to the guards and you know, hopefully uh, springboarding with Al Denise and also NCISS is to have a national recognition for the product uh, where it's a less lethal option if the guard or civilian has no other option, uh, no other way to protect themselves. Sure, sure. Yeah. Not, like we're not looking to uh, recreate the wheel. We're looking to augment. And like, here's an example. You know, one of the things that, you know, we're very concerned with is this, this use of force issues that is happening with law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, look, they have their handguns. They have taser. Handgun obviously uh, is potentially going to take someone's life. Taser is effective within 10 to 15 feet. It's extremely accurate within 60 feet. 60 feet worth of space between you and the assailant that allows you to to retreat into safety, get to safety as quickly as you possibly can. It's not going to to terminate. It's going to neutralize the assailant for a very short period of time where it gives you the ability to get away and get home alive. It seems very interesting. It's something I guess this company's going there. It's available nationally, I guess. Well, yeah. So we're the only distributor here in New York for it. We're the only authorized dealer distributor for it. Plus, I flew out to Nevada and I took their law enforcement training uh, class over the course of two days. 
where we trained with the product as well in different scenarios. Like let's say if we had somebody who was uh, EDP emotionally disturbed, um, somebody that was uh, coming at us with a, a, a gun or a knife, uh, how we can use the product, how we can use the launcher to deliver uh, the irritant round to get compliance extremely quickly. Because that's what we're looking for. Right. In the force continuum itself, it's all about getting compliance quickly and then de-escalating. Like law enforcement has the ability, uh, both uh, you know, in their training and also legally, to go one step further in the use of force just to get compliance. However, in the private world, whether it be private investigations, process server, security guard, uh, if we have to use force, we have to be able to articulate why it was reasonable, lawful, and necessary to use that force. Right. And the instance that we get compliance, we must de-escalate. We can't go one step further. Right. The launcher itself will deliver the irritant. Once it, ex it hits either uh, the backstop of where somebody's standing or it hits somebody directly either in a leg, in the chest, once the capsule uh, starts to explode, the irritant in itself is meant to diffuse the assailant. Right. You're looking to disorientate them. You're looking to uh, buy yourself time to get away from them. So look, you know, being the, the one of the only distributors in New York State, uh, we found that the calling for this, especially direct response to the uh, rallies and the protests and a a, a, an option for subjects themselves, let's say, whether it be, uh, you know, private security or um, civilians that want a less lethal option to protect themselves. Sure. This fits that 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 square peg into a round hole because we're, we, we needed an option now where uh, instead of going to handgun or going to taser or going to a bat, uh, you know, I stand extremely tall on this. We're looking to get this into the school districts as well for teachers who can use it in the last line, last resort to protect themselves and students in classrooms in case someone who doesn't belong in the school is there right. until law enforcement gets there. Sure. So it's a, it's a, it's a phenomenal it's, product. It's amazing. You know, like technology, um, you know, things are coming up with it's, it's amazing how quickly, you know, these things are, are out there and uh, you know, not having to use lethal force, not having to get hand to hand and potentially yeah. get stabbed or have to use a, a chokehold uh, that you shouldn't be using, but you know, who, who knows what happens? Somebody falls the wrong way as you're tussling and they break their neck, you know, then it becomes an issue. And uh, I think the last thing we need in this country is another issue. <laughs> we've, got, we've got enough issues these days. You know, uh, it, 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 it's what's been driving our industry between private investigations for uh, either who's at fault or who's not at fault, yeah. right? When the insurance companies hire us. And it's also driving the security industry as well, because we want to prevent these issues from happening in the first place. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. So like, where do you see the industry going? Um, obviously this is, you know, 2020 was a, a bumpy year. What, what's some of the forecasts for 2021 where you see, um, you know, the, the security guard industry, uh, the future of it. You're going to start seeing security guards popping up where you normally would not see a security guard popping up. Like, you know, we see them at the libraries occasionally. We see them at the banks. We see them at, um, you know, the, the, you know, sometimes you see them at the, uh, you know, pharmacies. Now you're starting mm -hmm. to see them at, um, anywhere where there's going to be groups of people that compliance for wearing masks and, uh, you know, practicing social distancing, at least for the foreseeable future, sure. I would say at least until 2000, 
2023, somewhere around those lines, you're going to see guards popping up in places unexpectedly, right. whether it be in Home Depot, where you normally don't see guards. They usually have their own personnel. Um, and it's not just necessarily in the rural areas as well. Yeah. It's going to be in suburbia. Yeah. You're going to start seeing them pop up because, you know, even whether it's, you know, the, the areas with money or without money, everybody in their own mind is, you know, the public is going to demand social distancing. Well, so, uh, I mean, here's, here's what I see, man. I see medical facilities where the, yes. you know, where the, the, the vaccine is available, <laughs> you know, you're going to need, you know, uh, stuff like that. Houses of worship. You're going to see that also, um, mm-hmm. you know, as uh, there, there's a lot of unrest and uh, you know, we, we like, had started to see that trend happen in Texas over the weekend. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. You just, you never know. Uh, but I, I, I think that, um in desperate times, people get desperate and, you know, we're in, we're in desperate times now. So, you know, I, I think you can't, nothing should surprise you. <laughs> so I guess is a good way to put it. You know, anything can happen. Um, I, I remember when I was talking to uh, a buddy who I share office space with and uh, he was telling me about shelter in place, you know, back in March of last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> he goes, get ready for it. You know, fast forward a week or two later, you know, it was very and real for me. That's what we were doing. It, yeah. it was amazing, you know. And, you know, situational awareness is not necessarily just emergency response based. Situational awareness is every day. You have to carry it with you every single day. Understanding what's going on around you, yeah. not walking with your head down, keeping your head up, looking around, seeing what's going on, um, listening to what the media has to say, but with a, you know, a little bit of a, you know, a little, uh, filter in place because sure. ultimately you know we have the ability to make our own decisions and what's best for us nevertheless you know you know i started teaching shelter in place right when covid started hitting right and uh once we redeemed essential we were able to start teaching again which we we're very happy with you know we really didn't skip a beat whatsoever for the most part sure. ne- nevertheless um you know the, the new guards the new students that are coming through when we break it down for them as far as, you know, situational awareness and being able to adapt and being fluid in our industry, uh, you know, again, that's like you said, you're going to see them in the houses of worship, which now, you know, we're currently working with uh, three different houses of worship, creating policy and procedure for them as it applies to COVID mm-hmm. uh, that have their own proprietary security guard forces internally. Um, you know, so it's, for anybody that's in the know, for anybody that's in our industry, you know, you, you, you got to be able to pivot. And if you want to stay creative, if you want to be able to have, you know, streams of revenue coming in to maintain and uh, to, you know, keep up with, you know, everything that's going on in the industry. Yeah. You, you have to be able to take that information in and figure out ways to introduce it to your clientele. Sure. And, you know, by creating policy and procedure, by listening to and seeing what's going on by the CDC and seeing what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. You know, there are ways to be creative in our industry where you can create money from it. Um, You know, look, at the end of the day, let's call for what it is. I teach for passion, but I also teach to survive. Sure. I teach to support my family. I teach and I find that the two go hand in hand, where if I'm able to teach and make money in doing it, it's not really a job. It is my passion. Sure. Um, I've taken what I've learned as a private investigator, working for many years in the industry, working with professionals such as yourself, um, 
you know, and and I parlay that into, you know, my ability to get a message across to students. And it comes from a good place. It comes from my heart where when I have the a student come to me and say, wow, I never really thought about an issue like that. But the way you explained it really broke it down because I'm relentless. I will make sure that my students understand and know the dynamics of how to make sure that they operate in our, in our industry as safely as they possibly can. Yeah. I mean, listen, that's essential. And the, the folks that succeed in doing that kind of work are the ones that understand soft skills and understand, you know, like that is the key to everything. Right? Key to everything. You Customer know. service, soft skills is number one. Yeah. Communication is number one. Yeah, it, it, it's so, so important. And, and I think giving yourself an edge by continuing education, staying on top of technology, understanding that, you know, hey, drones could be implemented, right? Uh, they yeah. can be very useful for, for what we do and understanding- Drones is a big business. Big business right now. And also understanding, you know, geotagging and, and geofence when it you know existed the way it, it, it did, like that technology is, is out there. Being able to scrape the internet for, you know, for information, you know, if you're protecting a particular facility, you know, knowing how to go in and search for any active threats online, like mm-hmm. there's a skill to that and there's, there are tools to it, but there's also a skill to it and understanding, you know, and if you're taking the initiative to do the training and learn how to do this stuff and stay on top of it, that's how you're going to be successful. You know, utilizing open source and closed source tools that are available to us yeah. based on our licensing is concerned. You know, they're constantly evolving that. And, you know, you see it, I see it. Uh, Companies that you introduced me to, like your toolbox, uh, Scope now, obviously TLO, um, and understanding how to utilize the internet, even just through open source uh, means by collecting and harvesting useful information that'll prevent issues from happening in the first place. So, you know, and the general public at large, they rely on guys like you and I to make sure that we that we disseminate true, accurate, useful information. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, you know, held to certain, certain standards and <laughs> making sure that we protect that, that useful information and don't disseminate it to places and people that are not supposed to. Right. There's, and there's that again, you know, one of the things yeah. that we talk about very heavily is operational security. Right. Yeah. So when I, when we talk about training, the other thing is that we have a duty to uphold our clients, private and privileged information. In fact, we're bound by law almost to the point where, it's a Hippocratical oath that we must take like an attorney does. Yeah. And while we're licensed, if we break that law, we will lose our licensing. Yeah. You so definitely you know, again, it's part and parcel to general business law, understanding the general business law to bring this conversation right around. Right, right back to the end, right? Yep. As, as we know, wrap every, things up here, we'll bring it back <laughs> to the end. <laughs> you know, everything that yeah. we do is based yeah. on the general business law and sure. understanding that you know, operating as a security guard, what's required for uh, maintaining your registration. If you want to become an armed guard, what's required for training. So you can, you know, understanding uh, the uh, penal law 400, understanding the nuances of how to go about getting uh, pre-licensing exemption, you know, and, you know, by, by understanding local laws, rules, and regulations, it helps us better. it, It serves us better in being a better, private investigator, security guard, trainer for our clients that come in, our clients gives, or our students that come in. Gives you credibility. You know, if you ever have to testify in these things, you ever have to, you know, or you're going out on a sales meeting, you know, why should I hire you? Well, you know, I, I adhere to all the, the rules and laws. This is what they are. You know, it just makes you look more professional and sound better. Um, Somebody once said to me, you know, I, I'm not really a suit and tie, 
uh, suit and tie type of guy. Yeah. I'm more of a blue jeans, black shirt every single day type of guy. Sure. You know, when a client says to me, why should I hire you? I said, because you're not paying for my thirty, my $3,000 Armani suit. You're not paying for my Porsche Cayenne that's sitting in the parking lot. I drive an older beat up Honda Accord. Right. So, but that also comes from personal experience. And the reason why I bring that up is because the marketability of, of the things that I have learned in this industry is invaluable. Yeah. And being able to give that to clients, being able to give back to students is extremely important. And if any of us that are out there listening to this podcast, watching this podcast, if you have the ability to give back, do so. Do so yeah, you accordingly. Have you have to. It's extremely important because yeah. there's a personal satisfaction that I get from it that is unmatched by almost anything I've ever experienced except for watching my daughter be born. Yeah. And even if you're a business owner, like you should approach running your business with having your replacement lined up. Absolutely. You, know, you are not indispensable. Mentoring somebody that can one day go out and do your field work and do, you know, the things that you want to do. So you can move to that next level. You know, you should be raising up and training leaders, you know, leaders for your business. Um, you know, it's from, funny from you say that. I, I, I love taking on interns and I had one intern that was supposed to stay with me for two weeks. And he wound up staying with me for two years. Wow. And you paid him, I, I hope. You, it was, you, you did absolutely, pay him, right? Okay. Absolutely. Just making sure. <laughs> absolutely. In fact, uh, Will had uh, moved on to work for now a government contractor that screens all United States parcel mail coming in and out of the United States wow. as an investigator for a private contractor that contracts the United States Postal System. Very cool. And I take a lot of pride in Will, and I was yeah. sad to see him go, and we still keep in touch. Yeah. But the skills that he learns, that he learned through me, that I had a lot of pleasure in teaching him, showing him the ropes in the field, conducting investigations, witness statements, motor vehicle accidents, you name it, anything from, you know, homicide to sexual assault. Uh, he was able to see it through me and I taught him the right way to do things, the legal right way to do things. And based on the general business law, again, bringing it around, bringing it around. Um, you know, I, one thing I've always said to him was that will, as long as you're honest with your clients, as long as you're honest with yourself, you're never going to do anything wrong. Just learn the law and you're, you're going to be fine. Great. So to listen, the point, where he, the point where he was able to go out and, you know, become an investigator for a private contractor. Great. Great. So we're going to wrap things up here. So how do folks get a hold of you? How do they find the school? Um, do I really have to give out that information? No, it's going to be in the show notes anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody would like to contact me, here's my personal cell phone number, which uh, if anybody knows me, knows that the best way to contact me is via text message. Yeah. Uh, my personal cell phone number is 631-492-4000. Again, that's 631-492-4000. Awesome. You can also reach me via email through m.cipher, S-E-I, F as in Fox, E-R, at N-Y-I-N-B. But text me first. If you need anything, I'll be more than happy to respond to your text. I very rarely have the phone to my ear because I'd rather pay attention to what's going on in front of me. Sure. But a text message, I will return very quickly. 
Awesome. Well, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. This has been Thanks great. Me, uh, I really appreciate it. I, I really love to tap into the security aspect of what we do every now and then because you know people think it's only private investigations and all that, but there's so much more to this industry. And I loved being able to have somebody who knows what they're talking about come on and just uh, Who's that? You know, Is that me? Yeah, I don't know. Allegedly, <laughs> it's probably my, my next interview. <laughs> it's really the next guy. Uh, Listen, I'd love to come on again anytime you'd like to have sure. me, Matt. Feel free to give me a jingle, and I'll be more than happy to jump on yeah we didn't even cover any of the title nine stuff that we were going to get into so maybe we'll have you back on to talk about that that's another show for another day to Uh, be continued to be continued yeah thank you everyone for tuning in thank you everybody be safe we'll catch you guys next week on the next show take care what a great show today we want to thank matt for joining us and talking about his school and the initiatives he has available now if you're looking for any extra training please reach out to him we also want to thank Cross Tracks, Merlin Locate Services, IRP, PI Institute for Education, and USABugsweeps.com for sponsoring the show. Have you checked out investigatorstoolbox.com yet? Remember, it only takes 49 cents a day to unlock the future of investigations. Make an investment in your business and yourself today. The legacy discount is done, but you still can save some money. Use code PIP201836 to save an extra $20. If you got a question or comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We want your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. We'll be back on Monday with a new show, so make sure you tune in. Once again, Happy New Year, and stay safe out there, everyone.